My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. My name is Sean Jordan, and I'm here with my guest, Tate Hale, who's an active uh, strength athlete and hunter, and I'll let him take it from here. Uh, thanks, Sean. Dude, I am so excited to be here. I'm honored. First off, thank you for asking me to come on and uh, share and hopefully yeah. uh, help some people out wherever you know, they may be in their own journey. But um, like you, I was born with a bilateral, um, I guess, birth defect in both my feet. Uh, for people out there, bilateral meaning both feet or both sides. Um, I was born with what was called bilateral congenital vertical talent. And for country boys like me that want it simple, also called rocker bottom feet, uh, because the <laughs> bottom of the foot, instead of an arch, um, it's actually upside down. And the Achilles tendons are like two inches too short. So essentially, Oof. you're walking on a like a rocking chair bone mass with about 12 degrees up and down flexion, no kind of circular flexion or anything like that. Um, but grew up uh, hunting. Uh, my my father introduced me. I remember. I think it was five years old. He used to start started taking me just on squirrel hunts with him. And he would, you know, uh, now I see one, but I'm not going to shoot it until you find it and take it out. And just it grew from there. And um, white tail in Ohio were kind of it, um, the big thing, and. Grew up hunting whitetail and probably I would say around the age 13, 14, the uh, bow hunting bug hit me and nice. it really took off and pretty much just that's all I do now is, is bow hunt. Um, I'm not against gun hunting. I, I think that's a big thing as bow hunters. We got to come together as hunters. Everybody that not be, oh, I'm a bow hunter. You're a gun hunter. Uh, we're all hunters at the end of the day. You know, I just oh, yeah. prefer to do it with a, a bow. I grew up um, playing athlete, athletics, uh, three sport athletes, and kind of excelled at football. And uh, hmm. two weeks into my college career, the bone mass in my left foot, actually the whole bone mass shifted and crushed my plantar nerve and artery. So long story short, next day my surgeon was like, you're done, you know. You you shouldn't have played high school. You're not going to the NFL on those feet. <laughs> so done. So um, bow hunting kind of filled that competition gap for me. Like I look at running game cameras, like uh, scouting. You know, I'm watching film, quote unquote, watching film, putting the game plan together. And don't get me wrong, it's it's. Everyone, I don't want that to come off wrong. Like, well, dude, this guy's totally missing the mark on what the outdoors is about. I've been doing it my whole life. So I've had so many of those moments when that sum comes up and, and you know there's something greater out there that you, because you're in the creation. So I'm, I'm not trying to sound like it's not, it's just sport for me because it's not. It, it's more yeah. of a whole management like shoot mature animals, get your buck to doe ratio right. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's a cons, cons, more conservation than it is hunting. Oh, yeah. Now, for your feet, did you have any surgeries before uh, I, at an earlier age? Because yeah. I, had, I, I had my first surgery at one and a half. Okay. See, um, there was a doctor, the way I heard, uh, the story I was always told from my, my mom and dad was, we had a doctor um, who had planned to do operation on me at like a year and a half, two years, like you. And he retired. And the young wow. doctor that came in was like, no surgery won't help. Um, it's just, it is what it is. So, um, yeah, the at the young age surgery didn't happen. My first one came at, at 12 years old because, um, like I said, I loved athletics and being out in outdoors. And, and by the end of the day, 
at, at 12 years old, you know, you go to a practice and come home and literally like have to use your arms to brace yourself in the hallway to take the mm. weight off your feet. You know that, how bad they get oh. hurting and like oh, you don't even want to walk. So you're in the hallway to keep the weight off your feet. Uh, I mean, to, like something had to be done, you know. Yeah, I had to stretch my Achilles tendons after working for long periods of time because I only had surgery at the one and a half mark, and then I just played sports and was developing stress fractures on my shins. Feet were taking hit after hit, and when I was working, it literally just kept, you know, making the Achilles tendon hurt worse and worse and worse. And I didn't realize it at the time, but yeah, I. It's something else when you're feeling your uh, tendons start to tighten back up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I tell people that because um, I, I remember early as five years old at the end of the day, being able to feel my pulse beat out the bottom of those bone masses. My mm -hmm. feet hurt so bad. And I was like, so... And, and at the end, this has actually been a big blessing in my life because you develop an amazing mental toughness over the course of your life. If not, it'll bear you. But oh my God, I, yes. I, I can clear back to then and I tell people like, you know, being in pain for a day to two to a week, uh, you know, you can manage that. But when it becomes, you know, months upon years upon years, that's when it can really get to your mental health. And oh, if you yeah. don't have something for me, like, like bow hunting and training to the best of my physical ability, dude, it, it would eat me up mentally just just dealing with the physical pain um, oh, yeah. if, if I didn't have somebody to put that energy. Yeah, because uh, we're in pain 24-7. It don't stop. <laughs> Yeah, unless you're asleep. That's what I tell people. The only time that I, <laughs> yeah. I that's why in 2015, I, I finally went ahead and went forward with the amputation because it had become that, that the only time it wasn't really debilitating pain was when I was asleep. And the opportunity to finally move forward and do it had just, it, it was just the perfect time to do it. Um, I was in a transition in, in my life. Um, I had previously spent seven years at a Bengal tiger sanctuary, um, raising Bengal tigers uh, that needed homes. That, that uh, it was basically like a safe haven place we would take in exotic animals that had been abused or needed a home or whatnot. Um, but anyway, that place ended up uh, going. I guess after in Ohio, we had a big exotic some guy let all these exotic animals out and it was like on cnn and shit it was oh, national yeah. news when that happened so after that the state just went nuts with you know like you guys gotta do this you guys gotta do this and it was like man these cats aren't going anywhere they have amazing lives perfect health and you want us to spend a hundred twenty thousand dollars just to make upgrades that are not going to change anything. And so eventually yeah. the uh, vet decided that it was time to get that Ohio wasn't the place to try to make an impact for big cats and ship them out to a, a beautiful place. So, yeah. So you're in uh, Ohio. But, so I'm, I'm in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm down in Indiana, nice. I'm down in the southeast. I don't know if you've ever heard of Ohio University, the Bobcat. Mm, nope. <laughs> I've uh, okay. I'm Basically, a, it's uh, southeast uh, of Ohio is where I'm at. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm in northeast Indiana near Fort Wayne. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got a few <laughs> friends. I've been always like, uh, I think Indiana is a hidden gem for giant whitetails, man. And oh, it never yeah. gets not discussed enough like um here in a year or two i'm wanting to start doing a little more out of state bow hunting like oh, I know that. tag out early and don't get me wrong it's awesome but this year I, I shot my number one buck uh on the farm it was october 6th so like dude all of november <laughs> i was just like 
uh, you know, yeah. to rot. so I, I know some people in Indiana. I'm going to try to get out there because it is. You guys grow some giant white tail. Oh yeah, I always keep telling people about my father-in-law's buck, but I I got a nice one this year, so I'm happy about yeah, that. Yeah, I seen that. That was a really nice picture. I got on your uh, Instagram. I was checking. Oh yeah. So he looked yeah, like the mature age class for sure. That man. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't even the one I was originally chasing after. That's the hilarious part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and that did you know if that one you were originally after made it through the season? I haven't seen anything from them on the trail cams at all. In fact, I haven't seen any of the bucks since I saw them when they were still nighttime and early days, I think around October. And then they all just disappeared because the big guy drove them all out, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing how they can just disappear and then show up. That was kind of like the one I killed last year. The first intel I got of him last year was on October 3rd. And, yeah. like, he went, he left the farm. He didn't go nocturnal. There was no 2, 3 a.m. pitchers. He just left the farm. And uh, I, I never found a shed, so I was like, did he make it? And this July, when we put out cameras for the summer, um, the first time we checked them, I, I got him on camera. I was checking. I was like, okay, there's a split G3. All oh, that G split G2 went to a double split G3. I knew it was him, and it was yeah. it was game on. But it, it was nuts. Like, where did he go? You oh, I know. I mean, where did he go? I, I try to keep everything pretty well covered. He just left the farm. And fortunately, well. I was able to kill him because – you know, they're going to do typically the same thing year after year if they're left alone. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and I was like, you don't kill this buck early October. He's gone. Oh, yeah. Well, the good news about that is all the does are staying on the property I hunt. So any big nice. boy is going to yeah. come around, they're going to come right to that area. And exactly. that was the first. We didn't even realize we had bucks on that property till then. Yeah, if you uh, have doe and the rut comes in, you're going to have, you know what I mean? There, if a hot doe is on your property, you're going to have <laughs> bucks there chasing, right? You know, oh, for, that, yeah. oh, yeah, that that was a good part about him was uh, I gotten out there and I heard two grunts and I'm like, what the heck is that? And then I see two more grunts and then I see the doe pop through the brush area and then he follows after two more grunts and I'm thinking, yep, he's mine. Yeah. 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 I love those when you know, like instantly there's no, like that is for sure a mature age class animal. I'm shooting them. There's, that's a pretty cool feeling. You know, it's on yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's yeah. Uh, one of my uh, favorite tactics during the rut to hunt is is to hunt right off the mm-hmm. edge of the doe bedding area because when them bucks oh, yeah. are cruising man they're going to cruise the bedding areas looking for them hot doe and if you just if you're set up off the edge of those bedding areas you can end up yeah catching that 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 big mature one coming in there looking for both oh yeah yeah you primarily hunt private or public land uh mostly private i've been Fortunate, we have a little piece of ground there in southeast Ohio, and um, just growing up here and my whole life, I've been fortunate to just meet a lot of people and have some access to other private farms, and so mostly, yeah, pretty much private, always. Which, that is that's nice. a super big. Yeah, that is uh, that is a humongous blessing that I don't take for granted. Oh, um, I cut my teeth try on to treat public. Yeah. I cut my teeth on public. Yeah, it's nice. Tough, I, man. That's, that's, that's a whole different ballgame. I mean, public. Oh, yeah. I've literally had, in my area where I'm at, I got two reservoirs and then about 40, 30 to 40 minute drive away, there's a state forest. So... I've got a lot mm-hmm. of public land to play with. 
Wow. Wow. And uh, I mean, public land hunters, they do, they have my utmost respect because just like you listen to you say that, I drive 40 minutes. Man, I literally drive like seven minutes from where I live to my parents' farm. You know? Yeah. And I, it just sometimes it's, it's when we're trying to be successful with this, it's easy to forget just how blessed and grateful we are you know oh yeah so how long you've been uh going to the gym for um i started training for football like to try and play college football um i would say like in the eighth grade i started trying to take them working out serious toward the end of my eighth grade year um southeast ohio it's a it's a People are great here, but it is a very low social economic area. Um, a lot of people know it now because of Joe Burrow uh, when he did his Heisman speech. Like that—that's where I come from. That area. It's like yeah. ten minutes down the road, and uh, but it—it it, it is just poor. But people are great people. But um, I come from probably a, a middle class family around here. And uh, I knew that football could possibly be a way to take a financial burden off my parents uh, if I decided to go to college. So around eighth grade, that's that's when I started. And um, all the way up until you know, through college and probably two years after high school. Um, but I eventually fell out of it for quite a few years. Um, uh, after college football was kind of ended the way it did, went down a bad road for a few years and wasn't, I guess, living right. Just, you know, yeah. uh, wasn't living right to say the least. We'll just leave it at that. And, uh, eventually I was like, dude, it's, this is a great opportunity to actually help other people. And here you are, you know, basically throwing your life away just because one dream didn't come true. Yeah. um, Yeah. It's so I got back into it. I would say probably around 2013 and really have ramped it up here over the last couple of years. But it's a lifelong journey. I got back into it after high school because I played football in high school too. wasn't wasn't as well as other people were, and but it was sports for me. And I was in the gym getting, you know, loving it. And I didn't. I stopped working out till my son was born. uh, About a year after my son was born, so I was about 2015 when I got back into the gym and. Strongman really got me into it. Nice. Nice. Oh, that, yeah. That's really cool you, you brought that up because one of my really good friends out in Utah, who's uh, and just an amazing human being, a double amputee, Sidney Smith. Um, oh, yeah. He did, yeah, yeah. Sid, um, we did an elk hunt together through Disabled Outdoorsman USA. I think it was 2019. In Utah, I think it was 2019. But anyway, two weeks after that hunt, he flew uh, down to Florida and did an Ironman. And uh, I asked him, I said, your motivation? Yeah, dude, it was amazing. What was your motivation? He said, oh, well, I was laying in the hospital after, you know, they amputated both my feet. And I turned on the TV and it happened to be a triathlon, the Ironman triathlon. And he said, it just hit me like, I'm going to do that. In four years, oh. I'm going to do an Ironman. And nice. that's what drove him to fitness. And oh. yeah, the dude, the dude. I love the gym, dude. I keep on hitting it uh, as much as I can because it's a great motivator, gets you pumped, and makes you feel great. And it's helped in the outdoors, too. <laughs> yeah, and that's what. Honestly, I I tell people more than like it's more mental health than it is physical health for me working out. Don't get me wrong, I love uh, the physical benefits of it, but man, if I, if I don't go do it, like 
Oh, yeah. I, I get anxiety real easy or I'll get depression or I'll just start thinking about the physical pain. And for me, yeah. it really is. I think it's greatest antidepressant that, and, and, and most people don't take advantage of. Oh yeah. This week I've been missing out on the gym and it's just been ner- the nerves. Like I'm missing yeah. something. I want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, totally I got. That. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, oh no, you're all right. I said I totally understand that. Oh yeah, Monday's leg day, Tuesday's chest and arms, and three's back and body. Nice. I recently um, just started um, a CrossFit journey because um, I'm trying. Like right now, I'm just a single amputee. And my surgeon, you know, he told me, like, dude, when you're tired of feeling the pain from that left one, and, uh, the cartilage in the main joint is, is degenerating. So eventually, you know, that'll be bone on bone. And uh, so the lighter I can get, the longer I can keep that foot. And right now, I, I'm about 280, and I can't walk around at 280 and you know, keep that foot for hopefully yeah. a couple more years. Yeah, you want to keep it as long Yeah, you want to keep it as long as possible. I was looking at an X-ray of my left foot after it got broke. I had a broken metatarsal due to my 250 pound frame, <laughs> and it was just uh, spider webs full of like bone yeah. density, like just spider webbed full of minor fractures that literally just healed back up like it's reinforcing itself and that was the weak point of my foot and i I understand what you're going through man i do it's it sucks for us because the heavier we are the worse it gets yeah yeah and that yeah i'm actually i'm going in tuesday morning we're replacing my left knee it's finally uh finally used up as well so i'm going in tuesday morning for a left knee replacement and hopefully that too will will help that foot because i know yeah. i've been compensating on a bad knee so uh yeah but one thing i i always try to when when working or talking with other you know quote unquote i hate the word to say people I know. um Man, because people, I don't know how you do it. You don't. This isn't a competition. Like, you can't, people can't feel my pain, and I can't feel their pain. All that matters is how do we help you get get that pain as minimal as possible, or how do Mm -hmm. we find ways for you to use that energy into something positive? And for me, it's always been bow hunting and training so that's that's kind of what i just it works for me so let's see if it helps you when i you know people i meet that are strong whether able-bodied or or yeah i've got a nephew he's got club feet too he's had more surgeries than i have and possibly you and i combined and he uh, he just had his foot fixed again he's gonna have his other foot fixed again but he is trying to heal up and i'm hoping that well one he gets his grades up (laughs) but he's 13 and i want to get I want him to start getting in the outdoors and into the gym so that he can strengthen his body up because it, he needs it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Strong mind, strong body, man. I mean, it, it's a, it really is a, a system, you know, the body and mind and it all works together. Um, I guess. And it's most optimal way when we are strong mentally and physically. Um, yeah. What what he's going through, there's no doubt in my mind he's strong mentally. Oh yeah. There's no doubt. You know. He just so, went sledding uh, today. I think he'll love the gym. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I he think he'll love with, the gym too, man. Uh, oh yeah. There. Yeah, he went sledding with a walking boot on and a trash bag over top of it. So nice. That That's my kind of dude. That's my kind oh, of dude. Oh yeah. 
And then he ended up crashing into me because I I had to get into it. You know, the adults got to do it a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he ended up hitting his little sister, and then he ended up crashing into me with my elbow a little bit because, you know, stopping him from hitting me because I was going to hit my son. So it's like, yeah, nope, we're stopping everybody. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Hey, man, you're yeah. too old to get out and have some fun, especially in today's world. I think people are forgetting – uh to smile and laugh. I know it's freaking can be hard, but yeah, just like oh, that, yeah. Dude, uh, that, that's great medicine too. getting in setting up for the rest of the week, you know, just things like that. Yeah. So uh, do you view, um, I'm trying to figure out the proper term here. Uh, how often do you go to the gym for? Um, right now, um, I train probably five to six days a week. Mm. I like to take at least one day off and maybe the other day will be like an active recovery day. You know, it's more just like taking a walk or doing some stretching or, you know, things like that, not really getting after it. Um, But I'm, I'm hoping like after we get the knee replaced and get healed back up and, can start getting after kind of keep the same schedule but really up the intensity because, yeah uh, last month man we made amazing strides with uh <clears throat> switching over to crossfit and uh yeah. dude i started tracking my food uh everything that goes i eat i track and it's it's been nuts the difference how quick my body start to change by simply tracking my food and drinking a gallon of water. Oh yeah. Dude, you would love the gym that I go to. It is owned by the two people that I know I've been going to with them for years now. And they helped me get into my journey as a strength training and getting stronger. And I, there, I, they went from a gym in the back of a shed, to now owning their own very large facility. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's the American dream right there, man. Oh, yeah. Building something up, something positive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so after your surgery, you're going to get back into it. Uh, what other hobbies you got? Uh, man, that's, that is literally about it, like the outdoors and uh, – you know, working out and family, of course, you know, family. Um, I am single. I don't have any kids. So my, it, yeah. you know, my family, I guess is, is my, my immediate family, mostly my mom and dad and brothers. But other than that, I mean, that is literally it. Um, hunting and trying to train. And, uh, I do, uh, a little bit of public speaking, uh, I'm not going to say it's like a full-time job or anything, but I've been fortunate enough to go travel and speak at some pretty neat places. Uh, spoke for Richard Childress Racing to their NASCAR pit crews. And some, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, some college athletic programs, and minor league baseball programs, uh, high school assemblies and stuff like that. And I do. I enjoy I enjoy it because it's a chance to uh, pour into other people and um, I guess show some people that maybe haven't ever experienced any kind of adversity in life that when they do that it's it's actually okay uh, because yeah. that's what builds character is you know is, is adversity. Oh yeah, something as you know. Oh, I know. Uh, you got any good squirrels this year? Actually, man, didn't even squirrel hunt. I would, uh, that deer I was after, I wasn't even going in the woods until I went to kill. I was oh. not, yeah, it was one of those, man. I, I wouldn't think about encroaching on his area this year. So, I yeah, I got. Yeah, I oh, stayed out. No, no worries. I stayed out until I had him killed. Yeah, I I can't even count the number of days I pulled all day hunts 
during the first week of November, and he didn't even show up. <laughs> and it took rainy weather, and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, well, that's how they do it, and they never make it easy on you. I mean, oh yeah, I got I got Next. lucky this year, man. I mean, to feel him first set of the year. But oh, I yeah. needed. I I would not go in there until I had a southeast wind. And our yeah. season out here, I think it was September twenty seventh this year, right around then. And I didn't get a southeast wind until October sixth, and that was the first yeah. night I hunted. Oh, uh, so you got yeah, you guys are early September hunting. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, ours, our Late season didn't even. Basically. It, it, it used to always start right at the end of, or beginning of October, but they moved it yeah. up just a couple of days. It's always mm. pretty much the end of September. Yeah. Ours begins at October and yeah. ended in January. And I hunted for a doe the entire time, but I didn't get a doe this year. Mm. I wasn't really aiming for a doe. I said, I'm going for a mature buck this year because i had the previous years gotten a few yearling fawns mm -hmm. and i felt horrible about it and i'm now like nope <laughs> if it's big i'll take it but if it's tiny yeah. yeah nope um how many deer a year are you guys allowed out there i get the bundle pack if you're familiar with that one no like each state does it so different like, okay so it, you can get either you know a single tag which will cover one deer or you can get the bundle license which arse covers bow firearms and muzzleloader and so with bow on the bundle pack you can get two deer on bow and then a third on either firearms or muzzleloader however for firearms, it must be a buck only on public land. So if you're hunting private, there you can, there you go. But if it's uh, public, you're SOL till muzzleloader. Oh, okay, man, that's that's crazy how different each state is. Like oh, out I, here, and we're even like we're in regions. Um, so like our region, I believe this year we were a three deer county. So yeah. it'll even go by county to county. Um, yeah. I believe we were in, you're only allowed one buck a season, regardless, through through all, oh. all seasons. I think that's all Midwesterners yeah. these days. Yeah. So, the, and then we were, a, a, you were allowed to take two does per hunter as well this year. And yep. That, but that, that was. What we try to do is, is keep our our doe numbers in check um yeah. that's another thing a lot of people they don't know how unhealthy that is for the bucks when your buck the doe ratio is way out of whack so you got all these does and just a few bucks well those does there's so many that are coming in the cycle and the rut should actually it uh, the rut shouldn't be three weeks long and if you got no. a bunch of does, that's kind of what it is. The rut should oh, actually be like five days, about a week for them to breed. And they, you might, run themselves, they run themselves back. Oh, yeah. You might get a second rut, but that's with the smaller bucks trying to get in. But, yeah, you shouldn't have the big guys trying to kill themselves over mating ritual yeah yeah well it's just i mean you can't blame them it's it's in their dna but it's yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's about just keeping those doe numbers in check to where the it's more of a yeah natural rut and they're not they're not rutting so hard for so long because that's when they yeah. just lose way too much body oh good lord yeah and then they get ragged and then yep. you won't even you'll be lucky to see them next year yeah, matter and, of fact, like right now is is a big time. We start putting out minerals. Um, oh yeah, every at least once a month from now yep. through August. You know, I've got a mineral feed block out of my area and some big, uh, bam, um, you know the good lord, what is that name of that record rack bam. I've heard of Record Rack, that company. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I've heard of them. 
Yeah, I put that out there because even if it's just the does out there, that stuff is still going to help them out because it's got all the nutrients they need, especially if they're pregnant, they need extra stuff. That and they'll give better milk. That's a, that's, oh. everyone thinks, you know, like minerals. And of course, yeah, it does help the, the bucks recoup or reach their genetic potential. But that's yeah. a big one. Like you said, the fawn health and that oh, they'll, yeah. they'll make a better milk. Now, do you believe that it's purely genetics for the bucks, or do you think it also has to do with mama being healthy during the winter? For like, what do you mean there? Uh, Growing big racks. um, Well, I think it's a little bit of, I think genetics are real, and Mm -hmm. but it's also... um, how they're fed like us in the midwest you know soybeans a lot they're mm-hmm. eating such a high amount of protein and then soybeans we grow giant white tail. now if that oh, deer yeah. is a just a genetic freak and he has mm-hmm. a place where he always recoups well in the winter he's ahead of his spring growth yeah, my my roommate, just as an example, he shot one, oh, I can't remember how many years ago it's been, but long story short, um, when he killed it, I was like, dude, that is one of the biggest bodied white tail I've ever seen. And I didn't even look at its teeth because it looked like the deer was six, seven years old. His nose was bigger than my fist. Long story short, we had to have the ODNR score for us because it was a giant. It was a 178-inch three-and-a-half-year-old. A three-and-a-half? A three-and-a-half-year-old. Cow. That's what, and the, the ODNR said this was a genetic, just a genetic creep. What, you know? I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he had gotten any mating done, his genetics are. Yeah. Yeah, they're in several does there, but yeah, that that was nuts. I was just like, "There's no way." It was like, "Yeah, here's his teeth." I was like, "Oh my gosh, you're right. He is." I would have never thought that deer was ever three and a half. Yeah, we were guessing mine was about a five and a half by the way his teeth looked, but yeah. I mean, he he has. I mean, looking at some of the pictures I've had of him, his body matches a five plus deer. Yeah, it just. I mean, he's got the slump and everything. Yeah, he's a good-looking animal. I was checking him out. Yeah, I've been looking at your buck. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was fun. He was. He was a fun challenge. That was for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, they are a great challenge, and I love whitetail hunting. Uh, I really wanted to go elk hunting sometime soon. Yeah, well, man, it's if you go, be prepared to love it for the rest of your life because. It, it bit me hard. We, uh, like I mentioned earlier, when I went to Utah with Disabled Outdoors in the USA, we stayed yeah. up on the mountain. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. Uh, hearing now, the bugle. Oh. It, it, it was amazing. And I'm now, actually, did you, I was sorry. Go ahead. Oh, did you, uh, use any assistance up there, like an e bike or something? Um, there was one day I rode an e-bike down the mountain to get to where we were kind of going to walk out because, um, honestly, my prosthetic leg is better than the foot I still have. Out there. Yeah. Like, as far as pain and being oh. able to navigate the terrain, um, and my knee was probably needed replaced in 2019 but i've just been putting it off uh so i was having a lot of knee pain i used the e-bike like i said that one day but other than that it was mostly just we would take four wheelers to a certain spot then get off and trek in from there yeah. we, we put some miles in that week, that was for sure oh yeah a lot of walking yeah but um as of now, I was supposed to go back out this past September uh, for an archery elk hunt with um, Disabled Outdoorsmen. Utah actually started their own chapter of Disabled Outdoorsmen USA. 
And there's also, oh, yeah. I believe, a chapter in South Carolina. But um, I was supposed to go back out with the Utah chapter last September and do a archery rut hunt uh, for a bull. And um, I ended up getting sick with the with, with the, the virus uh, yeah. <laughs> like two weeks before I was supposed to fly out. So that put a kink in that hunt. But fortunately... Uh, they were amazing about it. They're like, well, dude, we'll just move it to next September. So we'll see you next oh. September. So that's like, yeah, my whole goal right now is get the knee replaced, get back to training, and get out to Utah in the best shape of my life and put an arrow to good football. Oh, yeah. I want to go get a big bull elk, too, because oh, that's meat in the freezer right there. You that's meat in the kidding. freezer. <laughs> oh. Like a cow. Uh, oh my goodness! I I want to go bull. I want to go elk hunting regardless. I don't care if it's a bull or or a cow. I mean, it's that's one of my top tier uh, animals. I want to go hunting: elk, bear, and moose. Nice. Yeah, you call moose would be that'd be a pretty cool hunt. Oh my good lord! Yeah. Just one guy going out there would be able to share that with how many families oh yeah yeah the whole well i mean like yeah back in think about history how it could feed a whole village oh my goodness yeah the entire winter too you know back 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 in those days when we were truly hunter gatherers yeah one one moose could feed you know a whole tribe Uh, or buffalo you know how it i've actually got some bison out by my place oh nice Nice. We yeah. have some around here, man. Um, <clears throat> the guy got rid of them. Them things were they were they were neat as could be, but man, they could be neat. He'd go out oh. there and feed them when a bulldozer pushing round bales to them. Oh yeah, them damn things would butt that bulldozer, man. <sighs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, going the, out there. Yeah, the guy that's got these, they're in a high fence. They've got about. I think he said 64 acres of land to play with. Awesome. He's got some barrels of uh, some big barrels of hay of uh, hay. He's got that. He's that's already out there waiting for him. He's had them for several years now. I think they're probably going to rot before he has to replace them, nice. but he's got the bison out there. He originally was using it for, you know, bison meat going to sell it, but I don't think it's made in any money. So now I think he's just keeping them because, probably a government tax credit oh i'm sure if, if not nothing else they're just freaking amazing animals oh yeah they're beautiful yeah i'd i'd love to have bison wild bison in indiana that'd be awesome yeah yeah well there probably was at one point in our country's history oh, oh yeah bison uh, elk everything were out here uh, we could. oh yeah what? i would love to have the reintroduction yeah. in the midwest of just elk and bison yeah, I know it, it's be been awfully successful in uh, Kentucky, Pennsylvania mm-hmm. doing real well. Tennessee is doing real I, well with elk. I think they're worried about our states because of how populated we are. Oh, I'm sure. And, uh, uh, we don't have mountainous regions that keep yeah. the populations in check. Yeah, we have a few large areas in the southern Indiana area and southern Ohio, but mainly it's flat and that's what i was getting at with our area we're basically at the foothills of the appalachian mountains so like yeah. we have some big national forests that in my personal opinion man i'd love to see elk reintroduced here but i don't i don't know if our national forest could really support a, a, a decent healthy herd and if you're going I to the animals deserve to be healthy and have the best chance at, at, at making a comeback. Yeah. I mean, we would literally have to have regulations and that would probably be a once in a lifetime tag for them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I know that Kentucky one's hard to get. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of, re- it, a lot of the, uh, uh, Western States for elk and all those, those are point tags. So, yeah, I, I think, now don't quote me on this, but I believe Utah, you can do like, it's it's not a point system. You can basically buy 
attack. They sell so many of them, and if you get one before they're gone, you you can buy one. Um, yeah, I know. There's also man, it's just so different out there. There's units that are like spike only units. So one of my buddies in Utah, that's all he's killed for like the last ten years is spikes because that's the what you're allowed to kill in that unit, and it's a very easy tag to get. You just pay. Here's the money for the tag, and then. But I mean, it that spike elk tastes as good as any other. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can go cougar hunting yet. Uh, no, I probably won't do the cougar hunt where I raise, I have nothing against it, but, uh, where I raise big cats, I'm kind of fond of my Ah. Uh, yeah. I mean, a, I have nothing a, against it and I, I'm, I'm not saying I never would go. I, I don't know. Maybe I would if the opportunity was presented, but just yeah. off the cuff, I'm thinking, you know, I used to raise them big dummies. Even, I never raised a cougar. Yeah, but you, you're a cat person. You have it in you yeah. for the big cats, and you understand. Yeah. I understand that. I mean, I respect that. As be like somebody else, a pet bear going and hunting bear. I mean, oh, I don't yeah. that's how I could. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, yeah, I wouldn't. Nothing. I understand. Those hounds, man, and those hounds, they are unbelievable endurance and how they can find those cats and and track them like they do. But like I said, I just, I raised tigers, so probably wouldn't do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a buddy of mine go up to Canada for a Canadian lynx, and he bagged one. And dear wow. Boy, that would be beautiful. beautiful animal. Yeah, that would oh, it, be cool. Oh, it's beautiful. I'd, I I want to go up and do that, too. Yeah. Anything to do with hunting, I want to do it. Yeah, yeah. I think anyone who listens to your podcast probably will feel the same way. Anything oh, hunting, yeah. let's do it. Oh, yeah. I want to get more stories of my own to, yeah. uh, you know, show on here, too, because I'm only going off of, the, I think, three main stories right now. Yeah. Well, man, that's just time, you know. That's one thing I, I hope, you know, I don't know how long you've been hunting or have, you know, but a lot of people that get new to this, they they don't I think sometimes reached out to more experienced hunters because they're afraid they'll well I haven't been doing it as long and they'll they they'll think I'm a failure and that's not what this is about, man. First and foremost, it's about providing meat for our families and ourselves. And then then it, it's about, you know, being responsible stewards of land and animals. Oh yeah. You know. So it doesn't yeah. matter how long you've been doing it, you know. Oh, I know. I've had I've been hunting since my son was one years old or so. He had just had his birthday, and then fall went around. And I was wanting to get into hunting to help, you know. Nice. How old you bond with, now? My son is gonna be eight this year. Nice, so. nice. So yeah, dude, you've been hunting what eight, nine years? Been hunting? Uh, seven. Seven. Actually, so seven. Yeah. Nice. I, I did it to bond with trees, dude. Yeah, you and oh, yeah. are going to have an amazing life, dude. I'm telling you, if you get them in the outdoors, you will make your best memory with with him in the outdoors, no doubt. Yeah, I'm, I did it originally to uh, bond with my father-in-law, and I was wearing steel-toed boots in, on the first day of November hunt. Yeah, yeah that probably didn't do well. <laughs> I actually shot my first buck, but I lost him because... I didn't realize what I know now, which is, okay, you got the good kill shot. Sit your butt down and wait for it to do its job. Yeah. Yeah. I just kept pressuring him. He ran off. Or, you know. Oh, dude. I knocked him on his butt at 10 yards. He was on his back. <sighs> yeah. I should have, because I reloaded. I was ready to do it again because it was a break action and everything, 20 gauge. That's what I have done, man. I'd have put another one in them. Yeah, don't, oh. Yeah, don't let them get up. <laughs> oh, dude, I mean, he stopped doing Sergeant Tackleberry on the thing. It's still full of lead. <laughs> but, you know, oh, yeah, no. Finish it as quick as possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hit him right in the bread basket, too, dude. All I had to do was wait. 
and all literally 20 yards at 10 20 yards with a shotgun straight to the bread basket it don't matter if it's 20 gauge or 10 or 20 or 12 gauge it still hit him he went got up and went right beside me and i'm thinking heck he stopped for me i should have just waited for him to die there he would have literally just stood there slowly calmed down and then he would have passed and all i had to do was walk right over to him i can't believe he even got up at 10 i know yeah oh my goodness dude i mean i was surprised i've i haven't put anything on it any uh deer on their back since then yeah of course i'm usually i where i hunt it's bow only so okay 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 i take that back this big boy when he crashed he was upside down yeah I hit him. He did a 180, and I heard him crash. And I went over to him and saw him, and he was on his side and his back with his toes up in the air. So. Nice, nice, nice. Nothing like, uh, yeah. nothing like. Oh, it. oh yeah. I mean, I'd love to do that with an elk too. So no, well, when you, you go out, you will. When you go out, I'm going to go out with you. Yeah. Hey, we're definitely going to document it, man, for sure. And like I had mentioned too, um. I'll definitely get you uh, their information, and and you guys can start following each other because what I do know about them, but they're just amazing people. But they'll help anybody. That's what they are about: serving other people. They truly are. It's unbelievable how much they give to others and expect nothing in return. Uh, so oh, that's nice and especially where you're trying to do something in the adaptive community and the adaptive outdoors side of things i i know they would be an amazing resource for you and kind of oh, yeah. help steer you along because they yeah. are it's it's amazing what all they're doing and some of the sponsors they have on board right now they're they're really growing and doing it right I'll, I love how we d- describe being outdoors not as disabled but as adaptive because it just makes us sound like we're capable of anything. Well, we and are. It makes, oh yeah, and it 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 sounds to me <sighs> trying to make my words sound impressive, and it's probably not going to come out very well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It, it adds a little more prestige to it. I get what you're saying there. Yeah. Um, I do. And it, it doesn't mean jack crap at the end of the day. Don't oh, yeah. I think it's for me personally, because it's just how I pick, man. I want to win at anything I do. Like I do. Yeah. I'm proud of the last, what what is it six years i've hunted bow hunted since i've let my doctor take my leg i've killed five mature whitetail out of those six years with my bow and there's a lot of able-bodied hunters that aren't having that and it doesn't make me a better nothing i'm just saying yeah i get what you mean by that comment because i do take pride in the fact that you know Someone said, um, man, you've had a lot of luck. And yeah, there is, there's always an element of luck with bow hunting. You're essentially oh, yeah. hunting with a stick and a string. But I, I work my ass off year round, too. Oh, yeah. You don't quit right. just because the deer aren't there. I mean, oh, running game cameras, working out, uh, you know, taking care of the, 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 the environment, the animals. Like, it's a year round thing for me. Oh yeah, this spring, uh, my where I hunt, my stepdad. He's, uh, it's my mom and stepdad's land, but he cleared out this big area of trees and brush, you know, just thorny briar, and we're gonna put down turnip sec up turnip patch this year on it. Nice, nice. Start getting a food plot in. Nice. Well, well, it's kind of a little bit of a food plot because I just put in some throw and grow uh, clover, ryegrass, chicory. Every so often, you know, it's a big clover back there. It is a lot of white clover, and they just feed on it left and right, even during the winter time. 
but I want to give them something just with a little more extra protein and a lot bigger. And yeah, and that and way uh, can- turnips are a great late late season food source too, man. Like this time of year, they would be hammering turnips if they. Had. Oh yeah, yeah, they'll pull them right up out of the ground. And uh, <clears throat> turnips actually make the soil very healthy. They put a oh, lot yeah. of nitrogen back in the ground. Yeah, I'm, it's not really for me. The turnips isn't really for me as a hunting food source because they come around and obviously I've bagged a buck and it's a nice buck and I've hit a few deer also there as well. But for me, it's just to help them out through the winter time so exactly. that I get to see them. Yep. That management tool. Yep. yep. Anything you can do to make their life easier in the winter. Oh, yeah. So, what are your big plans for next year? Big hunts and uh, everything. Yeah, the, the it'll be um, September uh, archery elk uh, in Utah, and then I'll fly back to Ohio and um, hopefully have uh, found a good mature deer this summer to put a game plan together and start chasing. And mm-hmm. then um, I might try to do one out-of-state hunt this next year uh, we'll see oh yeah we'll see but uh for now just get ready turkey season's up next spring turkey oh yeah season. so i gotta get my tags ready for that yeah because the reservoirs that i hunt at the only way you're able to get uh on the reservoirs for turkey season is you've got to already purchase the tags and everything and apply for it oh okay man that is so it's so neat when i meet hunters from different states and we start talking game laws how different each state is like if turkey season comes in on a monday out here like literally sunday i'll just go buy a hunting license and a turkey tag and I'm good to go. Oh, yeah. Legal, you know? Oh, yeah, but with private, I don't have a uh, turkey that come on my public land. So. Well, I mean, that's public or private. That's not oh, yeah. or private only. That's just, you're not turkey, public or private. Just go get a license for that. Yeah. License fees have changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. They went up this year. Yeah. But one good thing, um, man, I, I always tell people because I get it, ours go up often as well. That money is all going back to keep our public lands public. So, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? If I got to spend two more dollars on something, I, I can look at that as a good thing that at least it's going to protect our public lands pay for the biologists and the game wardens to keep those those lands safe and, and oh, yeah. healthy. Yep. Because I'm planning on uh, hunting some turkey this year because last year was my season ended with a bro- broken metatarsal. Yeah, that's always fun. So this year I plan on getting a bird. Nice. Redemption. I want, oh, yeah. I want my Tom or my Jake this year. Nice. nice. Spring turkey from our uh, from wow april 27th to may 15th okay yeah ours will probably ours normally comes in right around mid to late april about the same time of year oh yeah i'm looking at my uh, licenses right now because i gotta buy them all (laughs) see what you gotta save up for (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) yeah Yeah. i'll do it oh yeah well i hope you have really good time this next year and hopefully we get to touch base again you bet i appreciate you having me on and i'm excited to kind of follow your journey and see what you're doing here and and watch it grow and if any way i can help don't ever hesitate to reach out do you want to tell people how to reach you on the gram or facebook or anything uh yeah uh you can reach me on instagram at at Kate Hale, that's T-A-T-E-H-A-L-E, and uh, Instagram or Facebook, it's the same, uh, Kate Hale. Um, I'm most active on Instagram, but if uh, I can help anyone that, that listens in any way, whether that be just anything you're going through in life or anything hunting or fitness related, don't hesitate to 
child. That's the greatest thing about, I guess, being born with birth defects is it just puts something in you where you love to serve other people. So if I can do that for anyone, just reach out. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. And everybody, remember, stay adaptive.